Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. A full-time family building a Texas homestead from scratch. Happy Friday, everybody. Or it could be Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. It's Friday for us. Well, yes, I'm going, I'm releasing these on Friday now. Oh, I'm Did I not tell you that? There are lots of things that by 1030 at night, we have not discussed, even though we live in the same freaking house. So what are we going to be talking about today, babe? Babe, let's tackle a very exciting topic. Kelly doesn't even know what we're going to be talking about. Well, I do have an idea of what we're talking about. Which is? Fall on the homestead. Think scarves and pumpkin spice lattes and cool breezes and swinging. Maybe people swing in times other than fall. But this is what I think of. I'm just thinking of staying outside until 11 a.m. Before it gets too hot. Yes, I see what you mean. It's like, hey, I'd love to wake up and spend more than three hours out of the day outside because I might get dehydrated and die. I'm not even doing that. I mean, by by 9.30, I'm sweating. But out of a total in the day, I think we spend maybe an hour and a half in the morning. And then if we can squeak in two hours at night, depending on if we have kids activities, we're only getting outside for like three hours, which is... Just a little heartbreaking. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about fall on the homestead. We're going to be giving you thoughts on maybe, hopefully, a pond, garden stuff, cover crops, chickens and rabbits and other animals. There's just a lot of planning going on. The house is comfy. We still got a lot to do for the house projects, but we're going to be talking about outside stuff and getting things done. Okay, so before we do that, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. If you've been inspired by this whole Better Together Life thing, then you've gotta check out Farm and Yard. Farm and Yard has been helping Texans create more space in the yard and the farm since 2016. We have loved our time with Travis and Rosa Beachy at Farm and Yard, who really helped us plan out the floor plan in our house and even the nitty gritty of where everything would go once we got settled in here. If you're looking for a shed to house, a shed itself, cabins, play sets, chicken coops, carports, they've got it all. Think horse barns and greenhouses. This is your one-stop shop to expand and improve your property with Farm and Yard. Check them out on Instagram at Farm and Yard or their website, farmandyardtx.com. This podcast is also brought to you by our book, Get Off Your Tail and Homestead. We wrote this book for the person who is sitting in their suburban house, wishing that they had space or freedom that they just can't get from their HOA. So we wrote this book with concepts of homeschooling and time freedom and having enough room to dream about a life that's a little bit different than what you're living right now. So check out Get Off Your Tail and Homestead, how to get out of the rat race and claim your freedom. You can find it on our website, getoffyourtail.com. All right, so let's go ahead and do it. Let's jump in. Fall plans. Fall plans. Cover crops. Tell me about all the excitingness of you and cover crops. You really led this cover crop uh, session. I think the way we really work is you're just waiting, sort of lurking, ready to pounce as soon as I give the go-ahead to anything. So it was last week, and I said, "Mm, what are we going to do for our next big project that we could actually accomplish. So I've been traveling a lot for business. I've been teaching essential oil classes kind of all over the state of Texas over the last four weeks. And in that time, you've been patient and waiting for the heat to end and for us to have our next project. And I think cover crops just fit in perfectly. So today I'm leaving, which is hilarious. So today I'm trying to leave the house and I put on heels because I never get to wear them. So I'm walking out of the house. You heels out to the post office It's today? kind of stupid, but <laughs> it was one of those things where I was just like, I've been wearing boots and tennis shoes for the last however weeks, and I just want to feel pretty. 
So I put on a pair of pants that you can only wear with heels because I'm short. And it's another reason I like wedges. So I put these on. And of course, I'm bringing Ella with me. And she can't just go like a normal person either. No tennis shoes for this child. So she's putting on sparkle shoes. And we're leaving the house. Get down the front of the deck. And I don't know why I think this. But I've lived here for almost a year You can't wear heels or wedges on our gravel right in front of our house. Like, it just doesn't work. You might as well be walking on Legos. Like, it's just stupid. But I make it to the car wobbly, a little bit unstable, a little bit concerned (laughs) that I might not make it the four feet to the car. So I get in buckle and sparkle shoes and we head down the little road to get to the gate, of course, which I'm going to have to get out at the gate then again, like. Wedges. Hey, I said if you want to say, get the, the automatic gate. Wedges were it. not a wise choice today. What's Let's a just wedge? Anyone listening will know what a wedge is. Imagine the not wedge dudes. that you put under the door to keep it open. Yeah. It's like that on your feet. Are those are these the hot heels? Yeah. Hot oh, heels. okay. I just like it's them. It's the only they heels that I good. own because we downsized all those shoes, right? So I get to the front. And there are some Amazon boxes. There's my homeschool curriculum. We did Ambleside online this year. So a bunch of living stories were sitting in an Amazon box. Also a box of six boxes of cereal sitting there as well. That was easy to lift into the car. But then two other boxes stood there. And I thought, oh, let me grab this. Whoa, this is really heavy perfect cube box and then i try to get the other one and here i am just about to break ankles so i decide let's leave this and lo and behold when i get home i realize these are the cover crops yes so this is round two of our cover crop seeds from green cover seed green cover seed i these, okay, so I will they're have to say this. They're not sponsoring this episode. No, well, but man, well, this one they, they kinda, should. They're not really sponsoring this episode, but I will have full disclosure. Oh yeah. The first time we got them, I found them out from the Texas Permaculture Facebook group. Uh, I just could not. I needed help finding cover crops, and it's just really confusing. Uh, depending on like, especially down here in Texas, it's just hard to get. You know, someone to help you to see like what the is regions. Yeah. Texas has a lot of regions, variety of climate, and coming from Houston, where everything grew all year round, really subtropical. We had tons of great growth. Moving to Central Texas with this odd combination soil that we have, six inches of sand, and then just straight up clay Mm -hmm. right like really ball busting clay you're just not getting through it so we didn't know what to plant the people on the facebook group suggested green cover seed they hit it out of the park i spoke to a guy named noah and i'm never going to speak to anybody else i'm sure everybody else there is great but as long as noah is working there he's my man and i did the video of it and i shared it and i me being slightly kind of knowing what you know that it was a good little promotion thing for them i said hey no i'm ready to do my second round and here's a video of how good it did Mm -hmm. and so they're not officially sponsoring but they said hey your next round of cover crops are going to be on us yeah so they sent it for free and then he also sent a whole nother box yeah of like arugula no and like i don't even know what is in there mystery said, box it is totally a mystery <laughs> box uh i feel bad maybe i need to open the box here and doing the podcast well we might do that later it's 11 o'clock at night so it's gonna sound like this is a commercial but honest to god like when somebody gives us amazing customer service i don't care if they pay us or not we're gonna shout it from the rooftops yes and when noah emailed us back and said hey would you like us to mix this ahead of time for you or do you want this to be a thing that your family does together? I was like, he totally watched that video and he totally saw that we put it all in a big wheelbarrow. We mixed it together and I love traditions. So this mixture of cover crop every year that we get our green cover seed in 
is going to be a tradition for us to mix yep. it together and then spread it. And I think it's going to be a really sweet memory for our kids. And I love that he saw that that was something we valued. So it's going to sound all lovey about this company, but those are the kinds of things that draw me in and make me loyal. So okay. we'll open this and then check out our Instagram to see what we had in this mystery box. What are our Instagrams, babe? Oh, yeah. You can find us at Better Together Life. Or me at Better Together Wife. You can also find me over at Better Together Life on TikTok. Hey, <laughs> get fancy. I don't I don't even understand it. I don't know. Every time a new thing comes out, I feel like that Facebook or maybe it was a YouTube video where the grandparents try to figure out the internet and like FaceTiming with their kids. I'm just like, how did I get so old so fast? I'm totally that too. Okay, so cover crop, that was number one. Number two. Pond, you did the Instagram stories Mm -hmm. of the pond. Yeah, I was kind of a little overwhelmed with the guy that came. He had good ideas and he brought up a lot of stuff, but I think it he kind of just threw me off with I had a plan in my head, right? And he threw me off. But you had a really good view of it, so you tell us about the guy coming for the pond and then the USDA thing. Ernie, Ernie came. And he drove his truck back there. And it's so funny because it totally reminded me of looking at this property for the first time. And that was years ago. It was years ago since we had somebody like properly drive a truck to the back of the property. And each season we go out there, it just reminds you that like life goes on, man. We hadn't been to the back of the property on a walk to just take it in in a long time because... Nobody wants to be out when it feels like 109. So we got back there with Ernie and the kids were playing in the pond, quote unquote, like if you could see the air quotes here, because the pond is just a hole right now. It's a it's a big old hole. And that was what Ernie most had to comment on, which is we need a new site for your pond because where you are right now is not sufficient. And if it were, it would hold water. So that was just a good perspective to hear from someone who doesn't have an attachment to our property. Other than he's a professional at digging ponds and he wants you to be a happy customer so that you'll pass that on to other happy future customers. I see him having an investment. A, he came out here. He was super, he's like an old, like 70-year-old man. And he is a, I wouldn't consider... Country tree huggers are different than yeah. city yeah. tree huggers. This is this old man. They have perspective. That looks at, he's like, you know, I'm 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 down the downhill of my life. And I don't want to cut down 100-year-old oak trees. He's like, I just, I'm sentimental about it. It was them. like he saw himself in the trees. Totally. But he wasn't, he, he was just super pragmatic about it. He was like, man, these are trees that have grown here and done well on your property don't cut them out just because you want that spot. So I am a very unattached kind of human. When something needs to change, I just adapt with it and we go with the flow. So when Ernie comes out and he says, hey, I really think you could do a different pond a little bit sooner in in the downgrade of the property. So Mm -hmm. like when you're driving to the back of the property, he's like, don't go all the way to the back of your property line Let's come up about, I don't know, maybe 50 yards is what he's suggesting from the back of the property to create a kidney shape around this really great tree. And I know it's hard for you even to just think, oh gosh, what does this tree really look like until we get up under that brush? Oh, I I know it's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be beautiful. But I think that you need that next step for someone to come in and shake you up in your thoughts of, of what this would look like according to your mind from this original plan we had five years ago and now look at it with fresh eyes and say, here's what we know about the property. Here's what we can do to make it even better. And it just shakes up your plan a little bit. I had it in my head that it was going to cut down probably three or four really decent. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that great, decent big oaks, but I've already had it in my head that we were going to cut those down. Then when he was here and I said, I, this, this other tree, 
this big, wide, sprawling other yeah, set of oak. trees. It was actually probably like two or three trees, you know, in one spot. I said, I, I those, that's the one that I want to keep. Mm-hmm. That's the priority. And he's like, well, if that's the priority, it doesn't matter if you cut down these other ones or not. We still need to come out ahead yeah. of it. He's like, if you wanted to cut down that one, then yeah, your original design would work and the design that pete came up with i'm sure that if pete was here he'd be like yeah bo you're gonna have to cut down your favorite tree it it was a good meeting in terms of this this old man coming up with new ideas and we may or not may not go with him but what did you think about the size of the pond he was suggesting well he was saying that he thinks that we could get a half acre pond i love that idea oh that'd be awesome and he and he and i said how big of a pond do you think we can get he said well are you talking about your way or my way right i said well well, let's start with my way he goes it'll be really small yeah i said okay so your way you think we can get a half acre he goes oh yeah easy it's the water flow i haven't really gotten my head around to it i think he seemed to understand that it's not going to be a horseshoe it's an upside down horseshoe (laughs) usually you would think of a horseshoe type of pond the horseshoe opens uphill Mm -hmm. so that it can can kind of you can't see my hands at all like a u-shape a u-shape yeah, that catches the water that comes down mm-hmm. in the wide open spots. And he was saying that's not even a great idea. Well, he said you can't do it. But on- he was saying that wouldn't even be a great idea for the way that water flows on our property. I felt like he was really confident, not just in like some dude who comes and digs a pool. Mm-hmm. I felt like he had a lot of care and concern for the way the property flows. So he was saying, these are great trees. Not just these are beautiful and it'll be aesthetically pleasing. But you want to care for these trees, and you don't want to drain your tank that I'm about to dig yeah. for you. So you need to come out 20 feet from the drip line, which was something new for us to learn. We did not know that. Another concern was you needed about 15 feet of clearing where the back of your dam will be. So the yeah. dam on your pond needs like a, like a mesa, or I don't know what you would call that. Yeah, a plateau, you know, maybe. You know, and I'll, 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 I'll put this on Instagram. I'll find a way to put it. Go to the show notes, and I'll put a link for the little yeah. image that I came up with of what I think, and I sent it to him, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's what I had in mm-hmm. mind. You could even wrap it all the way around." I did the kidney design. Yeah. He said you could even wrap it all the way around the tree and do a horseshoe, like a, an upside yeah. down. Yeah, it seems. So go to, to the me. show notes. In the in the go to the show notes to, if you want to see that drawing. Doesn't half an acre seem massive in your mind? Well, whenever we first got the property, I wanted at least an acre because if you can get an acre, you can really have the size for bass and bluegill mm-hmm. uh, population. Then after Pete. I've talked myself into l- barely getting a quarter of an mm-hmm. acre. Half an acre sounds really cool now. I think it sounds amazing. If, if we we also confessing, we pass an incredible pond every day on our way to town. Sheesh. It's so beautiful. And it's, a, it's a small lake. It's seriously nothing you that we would consider. But something I hadn't thought about, Ernie said, again, just knowing what he was up to, I don't know how you found him, but when he came, he really put me at ease because he said, yeah, you need at least a 10 foot deep pond because it's so hot here that if you want it to hold water and not evaporate, it needs to have that depth where it gets cold and your fish will die Mm -hmm. if it's less than that. So when it comes to the design, I've got a lot of ideas that I think would be so amazing and maybe for, you know, when we're 40 or 80 <laughs> and we do those kinds of grand designs. But I'm really interested to see whether it's Ernie or somebody else, a person who comes in, gives care for the property the way it already runs, and then knows their stuff. Because, man, whoever dug that tank at the back of our house or at the back of our property, that's not even an eight foot deep. At well, the, that's the land at the investor. deepest he, part. He came and did it with his... Right, right. It was, it was so bad. funny to think... That when we met our neighbor and they were like, oh, yeah, if you got a tank dug in order for your property to sell, that tank's not holding any water. 
because theirs isn't and neither is ours. So I yeah. thought, well, that's that's interesting. It's basically just a hole that catches water, and then when it's dry, the water's gone. But surprisingly, it does hold water eight to nine months out of the year. Uh, it holds, especially this past year, it rained so much. Yes. It. I mean, but then once it started dropping, man, it dropped fast well and i think the whole well that's that's the thing is that then it's not properly holding water what it is doing is feeding those trees that are planted around the pond mm-hmm. the trees that well, were are, like picturesque and what he said yeah ernie the pond guy he said oh yeah these are all willows mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. willows just, just soak sponge up, up your water yeah. so, so so the pond is a big the pond is a big dream and something that we've literally taken half a baby step toward. Yeah, I don't think it's in our budget to pull the trigger right now. We Certainly. still want to be able to get our swells mm-hmm. first. Uh, we have a lot of work to be even able to get to that. Mm-hmm. That's why we have Better Together AMZ. So if you want to sponsor <laughs> and keep this going and get help us get our uh, swales, betteramz.com. Okay, moving on. What is number three? Oh, no, before we do that, and then you spoke to Permaculture Pastures oh, on yeah. Instagram. Oh, yeah, so this is really cool. Go check them out, if Permaculture you guys are Pastures. Tech- yes, so I spoke with Permaculture Pastures on Instagram, at Permaculture Pastures, and they're a really cool farm in Texas that uh, believes in this permaculture lifestyle where you're using animals and the flow of your land and planting intentionally so that you're creating regenerative agriculture, which is really exciting. In fact, if you do Instagram, follow that hashtag regenerative agriculture, agriculture, because it's so interesting to see what people are doing right where they are and it shouldn't look the same. It should be adapted, which is probably why it's so attractive to me. So she was telling me about uh, USDA, not even a grant, but just like check with, check with your, I don't know if she said local USDA, but basically she was sharing with me, check with USDA because they are giving money to people who are interested in harvesting or preserving the water on their property, which would look like swales or berms or tanks or maybe even rainwater harvesting. I'm not sure how far it goes, but the idea that especially in Texas, we have such deep drought seasons and then such abundant wet seasons, they kind of like compete, right? And you just want to know how long you can hold out on one until the next one comes. So there were days where we thought, man, like we need to build an ark because we're about to float away here. And now in the summer, we just couldn't, we couldn't ask for rain any sooner than we're going to get it. So I think that they were coming up on close to eight weeks. Yeah. So looking at ways to utilize the property so that it makes the most out of even the dew in the morning is a really significant change in the weather, or I guess it's, it's a really significant precipitation to have, do every morning so i thought that was interesting to consider that and then she was saying that there there are incentives to not plant at all and create a wildlife preserve which would be many years down the road for us but just the idea of i loved what you said which was man i have no problem taking money back that the government took from me yeah oh yes i said it slightly there's so many times i said i have no problem taking the money back that the government has already stolen from exactly There are so many times that I'm really anti this like government dependency, but that's totally Robin Hood right there. And I love that. Well, I'm going to call them this week and just figure out how do we find out more about this? Because if we can call them from Utah, probably sweet, probably at the airport. All right. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love to. But I think just finding out more, if that gets us something sooner, I just love that idea. Heck yeah. Okay, so uh, garden. Mm. We made a little garden bed. Yeah, well, and four I don't think we could bed. have positioned our house any better than to be inspired. <laughs> because in the in the days where the garden is growing, you just love that. And then in the days where it's dry and deathly outside, like you're waiting for tumbleweeds, that sounds great. So we've been sitting 
in the house looking out longingly at the garden. Chickens are doing a great job. Right now they're in the spot that our newest garden bed will go in, which when we're talking about garden beds, we have like two little baby garden beds. And then this one will be about double the size of that, but still very modest in terms of garden beds. And then overall, this this space where we have the chickens, they're just turning up aged wood chips that we've had for the last, gosh, six months at least. And we have another pile of wood chips working just on the other side of the house. So we're really trying to put some infrastructure and systems in and gardens in the winter and the fall are just really exciting. So there will be no pumpkins. There will be no like seasonal things in terms of what fall looks like because we missed our summer garden. But we will plant a fall garden and then have some winter harvest and then a winter garden and some spring harvest and on and on where we really get into the seasonal plan. Well, I want to be able to let you know the watermelons are coming back somehow? No, the watermelon vines are there. Sure. There are watermelon blossoms. We will not enjoy a hearty red-centered watermelon. I doubt it. But what are you looking forward to most from fall gardening? Having our hands in the dirt. 100% is my one thing that I'm most looking forward to. I'm, I'm looking forward to lush gardens, to tending something that grows. I know that sounds super philosophical, but I think anybody who's gardened, if that's not on your radar, you probably are not gardening. Like you're probably just not enjoying yourself at all. I think a huge part of that is we love to create as people and to put my fingers in the ground and get dirt under my nails and just be a little sweaty, but with purpose. Right now I'm just sweaty with like, the deathly heat of hell at my back. Like I am made for heaven. I just know that after this summer. Currently we are sweaty doing the laundry because we I'm have sweaty outdoor. sitting here and we have very adequate AC right now. I'm just like, mm. and very good insulation. Yes. yes it's right. just, you know, it hit one Oh nine. But, it was but, 103 feels like one Oh nine. Let's not get dramatic. Here. The app said one Oh nine. So, but what about some of the greens? Yeah, so I really, really love arugula. I love an arugula goat cheese salad with Noah sent us arugula. Yes, I did see that. I'm excited about it. Thank you, Noah. And I'm trying to think of other winter things like collards. Some winter squashes. Heck yes to the collards. I love collard greens. It's like a lean, mean, one true recipe that I can crush. I am a terrible cook. But this thing, I am good at. And it will knock your socks off. It's like so if good. you have like little sniffies, you put some mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar in that. And I love soups. So yeah. like all those like really hearty soups that you can have in the winter are really great. We'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What else are we going to plant for winter? I just always think of greens. We'll do some salads, some salad greens, some just lettuces, arugula for sure. We'll be able to do like the arugula and pomegranate salads, uh, collards. Also, I want to be able to do some radishes just to try because mm-hmm. and some and turnips. turnips. Yeah, Ollie loves just root crops. Mm-hmm. Not sure how we never have really done a very good job with carrots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to finally try some winter squashes. Mm-hmm. Are just, you looking forward to vlogging more? Once we start getting these things moving, do you feel like you haven't had anything to say? That's not on the list of what I want to talk about, but yes, the summer, it's uh, the summer here on the homestead so much better than the summer in suburbia. Yeah. It was slightly different because summer in suburbia, you have pools and you have like all of the conveniences. So, it's so a, many great places to distract your yes, mind. Yes. So it's definitely different. But I don't mind being the pessimist of like... We just hit a, a big crash. I think like explaining it away is we had a really intense summer. Yeah. And a big shift. Like the month that I got off time. of YouTube, then of me getting hurt, us traveling... Summer mm-hmm. heat, all of that, doing processing the rabbits. There was just a lot going on at that moment. Whenever I got my energy back and mm-hmm. ready to do it, 
everything was just dead. I know. There's just nothing pretty, nothing yeah, inspiring, nothing like, like that you would really want to share. It would be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. The, the chickens were too at the, still growing before we did anything with them. We're not getting any eggs. Yeah. It's uh, too hot to be able to get any new animals because it's just dangerous. You don't want to breed the rabbits because, oh my goodness, that would be so mm-hmm. cruel to mm-hmm. have a pregnant rabbit. I don't even, honestly, I don't, I don't even take, think but, that Rex could produce healthy sperm at this season. Yeah, so there's just all those things. It's just not a lot, and everything's just dying. So, And then even our water people said, hey, you know, limit your yeah, outside usage. watering. Which I, I, I'm kind of curious. Kind of, of even our outside activity because you don't want to. I like. I'm a little bit freaked out by this thought of set things on fire with an accidental spark of like whatever. Heck I'm yeah. like, could turning on my car and start a fire? Yes, totally. House? A guy, a guy at the feed store said, you know, hey, be careful if you're going to mow because you could right. hit a rock and then that sparks it and everything's so dry that you could have a forest fire. Well, deal. We just won't mow. Yeah, no. Done. And then and that's another thing. Like it's just. Eh, it, yes, I am excited about vlogging again. The once a week is kind of neat, but then also I don't like it. I want to... It's I, that same analogy. It's the analogy of a teenager driving stick shift. It's yeah. the start and the stop where mm-hmm. you never really get rolling through those different gears and then drive anywhere. Well, that's what Meg from the Holler Homestead says about Justin. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Justin would say the same so thing. Because he's so fluid. Well, just that he forces himself to never stop mm-hmm. because he knows himself and he mm-hmm. knows that if he stops for one day, then it, it, it will break his habit and he won't be able to get back into it. Well, I think there's a whole other conversation for another podcast about what's the whole purpose of YouTube? Because if YouTube isn't isn't leading your audience to a different way to interact with you whether it's on instagram or through Mm -hmm. a digital course or a community then youtube is going to be really frustrating really fast and i think in general like if you're a youtuber listening to that that might be a frustration that you've experienced and we've learned to diversify our income and our income efforts so that we can still have fun with youtube Mm -hmm. but when it's not fun you just stop Uh, i am excited about that and I'm also excited about number four, which is chickens. Mm. So not a, eating them. Well, well, the, there's not a ton that I'm excited about chickens with because I'm excited that hopefully, eventually, we will get eggs. I like how you just said I'm excited about this. But wait, no, there's not much that I'm excited <laughs> yeah. about. Uh, we have <laughs> not gotten any eggs yet. So hopefully, coming soon in the next month, we in this We've month of September, love to we show will these get chickens. some eggs. We need some hay. We need some like let's let's romance sure. their little egg boxes. The a first bit. thing we need to do is we need to get these ladies some a break from all of these men. There's so many roosters. Yes, so we have got to do that. Let's talk about it right now. Well, you're, I walked in. You're going to be gone. Next week, from the 9th through the f- oh, blah, 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 14th. Blah. 14th. <laughs> from the 9th through the 14th. This, we're not doing them then, but I think we should do them either. That next Monday. Yeah. I, I, I would love to have Cody help me, but it just might not happen. So we need to process them. September 16th podcast, listeners. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it then. Take care of business. So I, the one of the reasons why I haven't done it yet is because I've really been, I've just been worried about doing them because I need the gear, the homestead. I need the stainless steel cone. I need the stainless steel table. I need all of the plucker and I need the, the big pot and the scorcher, like all of these things. And then I posted it on the homesteading Facebook group and everybody really put my worries at ease and said, you, this first time you need to do it the way our great grandparents killed chickens. <laughs> right. Don't, yeah. You need don't a sharp knife. Stressed. That's it. You need a sharp knife. Mm-hmm. So in terms of uh, a killing cone, you don't need it. You can get some rope and you can string them up. What we can do is I can, I can hang them up the exact same way that I did the rabbits is I'll just hold them upside down until they get kind of tired, and then I can just do a slip knot and tie them up, and then that does the the killing with you know 
evisceration of their neck and bleed them out. Put them on to get your folding table, which we own one of those. And we'll just get a plastic tablecloth, a disposable plastic tablecloth. Well, we can spray that down with some on-guard oil and just disinfect it if we want to. Mm -hmm. Then we can get uh, the biggest pan, like cookie sheet, that we could have. Disinfect that. And then really what they say is these are roosters. You're not going to be roasting these roosters and trying to get that beautiful, crispy skin. Just skin them. They're going to be soup. Yeah, and it's just, I I looked at it online and it looked like the same as you, you know, pull off the fur, the skin of a rabbit. You just, they just kind of come on off. And so uh, there was even one guy who doesn't even gut them. I don't want to do that. That was a little weird. No, please do. Well, he just like, (laughs) he just, well, he quartered them and just cut the breasts off. It was a little weird. So he He didn't like disembowel them? No, and he was, I didn't didn't really like that guy. We want the soup. We Mm -hmm. want the chicken soup. We want the broth. I imagine that we're definitely going to be doing some canning Mm -hmm. coming up this fall. You know, because you can do it outside because it's not going to be so crazy hot. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that we're going to be canning some chicken broth with this. And then we'll be using these chickens, these rooster birds, you know, in, you know, chicken tortilla soup, Mm -hmm. um, chicken pot pies, all the things. Most likely that's what we're going to be doing is we're just going to skin them and not pluck them. Because I thought that I needed a plucker. And those things are, you know. Plucker? I hardly know her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so those are like four to six hundred bucks and we're not getting that right now maybe we'll do that with our first round of meat chickens that'll be in the spring and maybe we'll do it maybe we won't but we're not plucking them okay rabbits we're how gonna... do rabbits taste <laughs> rabbits taste like chicken that was a great segue yes we're excited about in the fall of breeding twitch our our hopefully up and coming new buck with blue most likely, we're going to dispatch Lilac 2. She's just not a keeper for us. She's just not doing very well. So we're definitely not going to be keeping her. I need to update the rabbit hutch. I want to give them a new floor. I think it's time to get yeah. them a new floor for mm-hmm. that. And we also kept some younger does. So we have Blue's daughter. That, is that a daughter? I don't know. Blue's female kit bunny. Then we also have another buck on there, and then we have a doe from Lilac. We we have options. Yes, and the, the rest are out on pasture. That's the update for the rabbits. How are you feeling right now? You look like you are fading. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. We're doing good. You sound really thrilled about everything you're talking about. Well, we had the rabbits that died, and that kind of threw me off. Ooh. So we lost six rabbits. Because I did something stupid. It was, it was kind of the worst. It was, it was, it was. It's definitely the lowest uh, point of the animal husbandry. I screwed up. And I would say so though, bad. It was such a good lesson. You know, any old farm guy is gonna tell you like, it's just about life lessons on the farm. But really, feeling the pain of loss for no monetary gain, or not even looking at that and thinking, gosh. That's all that food that's wasted. I didn't feel that way. I felt genuinely responsible to say, these were rabbits, knowing they were going to become dinner, knowing they were mm. going to be something that we'd eaten. Having just eaten rabbit a few nights before, I, I knew exactly where these rabbits were going. But seeing that loss, it was a loss of life. It was a loss of significance. Like, these were little beings that we were meant to care for. I felt really responsible and also grateful that I felt that. Not that I had been desensitized because I just ate it, but like taking those rabbits out of that that pasture tractor and just seeing, wow, we effed up. And So there's no... I. Kelly had Kelly had some yeah Kelly had some uh, some ornamental uh, plants you know flowers that I had I knew that rabbits would eat roses and I didn't do my research and I it was just careless yeah there were some cuttings of these flowers that I I don't even know what they were 
Uh, it was just stupid. Just we absolutely just put all the dumb. stems and everything that was going to go to the compost. We wound up throwing it in with the rabbits, and six out of the eight yeah. died pretty quickly. So we thought maybe it was ragweed because ragweed's toxic to them, and there's some of it in the pasture, but none of the other animals touch it. I mean, that's why it's still there. No other animal eats the ragweed. So it could have been that, but the timing of throwing in those those scraps and yeah. greens from the well, store-bought flowers, been, really. That was either, like, it was, that was the thought. It was either the flowers mm-hmm. that I put in there, and or it was the ragweed. Mm-hmm. Because we put them in a different part of our property. Right. Or anything else in and that different so part. Odd, or though. it was dehydration. But it wasn't dehydration because they were all hydrated. The uh-huh. oddest thing about this is that two survived. So it, it's imaginable that maybe those two didn't eat what the others ate. But kind of weird. Well, you know, there's eight of the, there was eight of them in this small spot. And they might not have gotten it fast enough. They might have. Yeah. Because they... Four, Four died right died away. in one day. And then we really tried to nurse the other two who seemed to be struggling. And the final two that still remain are totally okay. I'm thankful that we had some Moringa that we could throw in there and kind of think, this could be doing some good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's any good, but a medicinal plant is what it is. And hopefully that was helpful to some of them. And maybe even gave a little bit of less pain to those two that died at the end. It's very depressing. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to segue with Moringa. Segue with Moringa. Um, we've been very blessed that Jeannie Cotton of Cottontail Rabbit Trees has gotten us some Moringa and mulberries mm-hmm. and some bananas that really are not taking. We have one little banana tree that's still trying to thriving. stay alive. I think it's just water. It's not thriving. I think it's, it's just- Summer and dryness um, yeah. and water. But I water them every day. But so um, the mulch, you know, the 30 mulberry cuttings that mm-hmm. all were doing good. There's only like three that are alive. But the moringa is doing pretty good. So the moringa is doing strong. I'm excited about it. Next one, if we do the swales in mm-hmm. November, this will give us perfect placements to plant more moringa, more mulberries, any other cuttings that Jeannie wants to give us. She Say just, more so. moringa again. More moringa. More, more moringa. moringa. If you don't know moringa, I'll, I'll put a link down below. Find for her. The, She'll say anything. Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes for the moringa the better. Isn't it moringa Moringa the, the better. Facebook group. I'll put a link there. Sorry about the uh, bow being depressed on the rabbits. I feel like we need that that um, Charlie Brown music. Da, na, na, no, no, no. Yeah, it sucked. It was it's not like cool. when the girl picks the football up right when you're about to kick it. it. Kicks you in the balls. Now I'm excited, super stoked to talk about this. Kelly and I are finally doing research on pigs. Yeah. So today I go to pick up. I haven't told you. I think maybe I did. I go to pick up our like weekly CSA basket from the farmers, and Amanda says, "You know, we've you guys need to get some pigs soon." And I said, "Well, we actually were just talking about a couple different breeds that we were interested in." She goes, "Well, I'm gonna have some pigs birthed in about six weeks." Dude, okay. Well, you need to ask her. Not now. Don't text her now. But we need to find out what breed they are. So, I am really interested in the red wattles. They just fatten up so good, and I I want red wattles. And it's they they fatten up fast. They're like a six to eight month commitment. It's supposed to be some of the best, most delicious pork. I want red wattles. I'm also okay with doing a mixed breed of. Um, we we also have a new contact for heritage, the American guinea hog. Mm-hmm. Not sure about that, but why? Well, because they take the American guinea hog takes oh, yeah. eighteen months to grow out. So what's and the even perk they, of it? Uh, they're very docile. Mm. They're smaller, so like around kids, they're they're not. There's less likely that they're going to eat you. Let's avoid the, that. <laughs> yes, but the thing is with the red wattles. 
they're not going to get Big to enough. five to 600 pounds mm-hmm. weight because you're not going to breed them. But they freaking can. If you keep them past yeah. six to eight months, Dang. but they're also, you're also going to castrate the boars so they're not going to get, like, you're just not going to keep them for that long. Are we castrating boars? No, you're going to, we bought feeder pigs. Mm-hmm. They castrate them before we get I'm there. down. I'm down with that. Yeah, I don't want to castrate. That's, Joel Salton does not breed pigs because it's a pain in the butt. You just, you just buy feeder pigs. Just buy it from somebody who does breed them. We don't know when that's going to happen. It might not happen in the fall. We still got some other financial things for, like, yeah, you know, we so have to many get... so big expenses. We have to get, you know, fencing for pigs. Even though I do believe that pigs are one of the easiest fencing animals, you can just literally do a pig pen. and With a hot wire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not bad. It's not like goats. The goats are going to be even more expensive. Well, we also need a little bit of housing for them, too, so we'd have to build that out. Well, you can just we can just use one of these IBC tanks. That's what oh. Al Lumna does. You just you cut a hole in that thing, and that's wow. where. They, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, pigs, we're not using it for anything. No, I mean, and it's it's worth it. Just take a sawzall to it. How do yeah. you open it up? Yeah, you just cut it. You just cut a little you know door in there, and you just kind of sand it off to where it's nice and. I mean, right. I mean it's a pig. You just the pig just needs you put some hay in there. It just needs to get a place to get out of the rain. It's All a right. pig. I'm excited of the thought of pigs, and that's what that was the number one animal that Pete said our Would be good property for is going to. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. Said chickens and pigs. The next one is going to be any kind of animal that gets us our ag exemption. I think that's the kicker for us. Yeah. Is we need and we need to make a decision soon because the year is ending quick. Yeah. Anytime it hits July, I'm basically in January. Like my mind, I don't plan a lot of things. Like I really don't plan things. But my mind knows that I don't plan things and so it prepares way ahead of time for the next big thing and my mind is We've got to start planning and ready to execute something like now for the end of this year. Excited for whenever you get back. We'll hit the rooster processing right away on the 16th. Maybe if you want to think about our property and stuff while you're traveling next week. Figuring things out is going to be... It's just things are hurry up and wait. All the time. Yeah, I don't know if it's we like, want hurry up and get the house ready so yeah. you can live in it. And I don't know if we want stuck feeder pigs summer. for like here on the farm for Christmas and holidays. I think I think we want to be able to do that January or February. So what do you want to get for our ag? I, we might have to get something else. I don't know. <laughs> we got to figure. That's what I'm you saying. Never so do you not know? So going, There's something in your mind. Well, I mean, of course, if we just get some some goats. Right away, we can. We can also go to the the county and say, hey, our neighbors have goats. We're going to use these goats, and we're going to fence them, and they're going to clear our back property. Then, in January, after the holidays, we're going to get our own goats. So I can talk to them about that. There's also the thought of Kelly might want a dairy cow. She's been brainstorming this, and it's very bizarre that she is even... Thought of it. We are entertaining an idea. That is as far as it goes. We were going to go to the cattle livestock show today. It just it just was a bad idea because Kelly's going out of town, and I think we'll try to do that. I just don't know later. if that's our scene. You don't even know what it is, so you judge it. I don't before even you, know. You have no clue. Don't it's, even know. You can buy pears there, so you would buy I know a mom and there. the calf. We would have red meat. We would have beef growing on our property it would be right away ready to mow our grass love it that is it that is the fall so it is going to be earthworks here trying to get ponds it's going to be more animals it's going to be meat in the freezer we're probably going to need a biofreezer it is going to be uh hopefully cooler weather s'mores and campfires all the things all the things babe it's gonna be awesome so we are excited about fall i think that we're excited about fall the same way that we're excited about mondays 
We love Mondays. I love Mondays. And we also... There's no sarcasm in that. It's no, like, I know. True. All right, so that is everything. And we are recording this actually on Friday night mm-hmm. before it's going to air. And whenever you hear this, Kelly is not going to be here. Whenever you hear this podcast, I will successfully have been single dadding it for five days. And Kelly is going to be sleeping in. <laughs> You're not going to be sleeping in. Even on a jet plane. Yeah. So, how do you Don't feel about when. getting ready for your big trip? Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving for five days, and it's always the craziest thing to consider being a mom of four small kids and going away for that much time. You kind of are like, do I bring ten books? Do I bring one book? Do I use the internet? What should I do? <laughs> I'm dr- like I'm riding for on the airport shuttle. This is the most time I've been alone in so long. But every year for the last six years, we've made it to doTERRA's convention. And it's the best time. Like we connect with our team that's all over the state, all over the country for that matter, and just learn about products, learn about what oils are doing, learn about the science that's going on right now, and really connect to the vision of this company that says, We believe in the farmer. We believe in the grower, in the purity of an essential oil and how it affects your body. And we want to give you the very best. So yeah, it's really smart to take these five days and go away for that sort of renewing of my belief in the company that I already know does so much for our family. And none of it's about the business. That's what's awesome is it's about the relationship to the company and the products that we have. It's about the relationship to the people that come that we know from all over the country who've trusted us to help them build this business that they love and really remembering what oils do and how they improve lives and how they can help on that physical and financial healing part of what doTERRA has to offer. So I'm excited. I'm excited to wake up on my own and not have anyone coming in in the middle of the night. That's going to be pretty sweet. And I'm excited about the people I get to hang out with. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. Don't forget to check out our income expense report over at bettertogetherlife.com slash report. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. It's better together because you're here.